walked around some huge parks. It was super dry. That's one thing I didn't expect about London because of the crazy heat wave that they were having. Yeah, everything, everything was brown. brown. Yeah. We've uh, we've been spending a lot of time together, as you might be able to tell by now. We start to we used to finish each other's sentences. Now we just fucking bowl through it. We just both talk the exact same words at the exact same time. I like bees. See bees live in colonies. Buzzy MCs with a singer for emergencies. Cooperate to pollinate. Never work alone. Just don't bring a honey home to the honeycomb. So we have wrapped up the UK and we're going to do a retrospective. I think the last podcast we did, we had just landed in Bethnal Green. Yeah, we just finished up uh, wrapping up our time at Han. You know, the one thing that we forgot to talk about was the story about the mirror in Bethnal Green. Because we told the story last night and I was like, oh, fuck, I got to tell that story. Yeah, do it. So this place was so jank, as I've said many times. And when we walked in, there was like a person-sized mirror on the left. And there was one on the right wall, too. But the one on the left was screwed to the wall facing the beds and Jess immediately got a creepy vibe from it and was like I bet there's like a hidden camera behind that mirror or some person just sitting there my yeah. imagination went wild yeah and she started to to zone on it pretty hard <laughs> and she went and she put her finger up against the glass because I guess if it's a, a two-way mirror you can't see the space in between your fingers. in between your finger and yeah, the reflection no of your reflection. finger yeah because yeah. there'd be no paint on the back of it so as we continue to get creepy vibes about the place in general, the mirror kept being a recurring, like, unsettled feeling. I think we put a towel over it yeah, the because, first night that Yeah, we the were first there. night that we were there, like, the bathroom was so gross and dingy. Like, I didn't want to change over there. It was only brightly lit on the side of the bedroom with, of course, the mirror and the beds. So I was like, I don't feel comfortable getting nude in front of this mirror. So Chris, being my hero, hung, put, a towel. hung a towel over top of it and was like, there, comfortable. And I was like, there's probably other cameras in other places, but this one's the one I'm most freaked out about. And so we did. because it was screwed to the wall, we couldn't move it. Yeah. And at one point when we were like getting ready for bed, we heard beeping coming yeah. from somewhere like randomly. I don't know what it sounded like. It sounded like a camera turning off. Yeah, like, like, sure. like one of those like um, old camcorders, you know, yeah. when you like turn it off, it goes beep, beep, beep. And yeah, then it like just that. like you shut it. Eventually, I was like, I need to get this mirror off the wall. It was probably just bolted there so people didn't do, take it down and do coke on it. But but the other mirror wasn't bolted down. And so was like, the same size. Yeah, so exactly. that, that theory didn't hold water. But eventually, I insisted that we stop at like a dollar store and get a cheap screwdriver. It was like two a, pounds or something. It was or a pound, pound 80. And we go back to our place, and I get Jess to, like, hold the mirror up, and I legitimately undid the screws all the way around it, convinced that there's a camera behind it. It was so funny. I was holding one of the bottom corners of the mirror in the top, and Chris finally unscrewed the last screw, and he looked at me, and he's like, okay, ready? And I was like, okay. And then we, like, moved the mirror together, and then all of a sudden we were like, oh, just fall. (laughs) But... As I was saying at the time, I was like, just the fact that we had to do this to feel comfortable that there wasn't like a surveillance camera on us tells me that this is not a place I want to stay with my mom. And that was instrumental in our decision to like move to a new place. I'm like, at this point, does it really matter if there's a camera or not? If you feel that unsafe, like you sure probably not stay there. I mean, I do check every single room that we go to, despite it being a hotel or an Airbnb, but... Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of stories about people being surveilled in Airbnbs. Yeah. And, like, and maybe the owners do it for security. 
that's just bullshit. Maybe it starts off that way, and then they're like, hey, this is pretty sweet, because people are naked. Um, we did a lot of tromping around in Bethnal Green, like hiking. We found a crazy good fish and chip spot. Yeah, it was just like a little hole in the wall, kind of like, what what's it called? Well, it's like a, like a bottom apartment retailer kind of thing, you know, just like a tiny little shop, like at the bottom of like a building. I think they just call it a tiny shop at the bottom of a building. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that there's a specific word for that okay. in the English language. Okay. It was like three stores. Like one was a pharmacy, one was a grocery store, and one was a little fish and chip store while we were walking around good old Bethnal Green. I was basically complaining that I was hungry, as I do. And we saw this fish and chips place, and Chris is like, how about this place? Like, jokingly. And I was like, yeah, 100%. I'm ready to eat right now. So he popped in, and these fish and chips were huge. They were huge. And the dude behind the counter looked like Roy Kent from Ted Lasso as, yeah. as a single dad. <laughs> like, he was just... Like totally like spitting image, yeah, like, like face and features. Like brooding. But an absolute master of fish and chips. <laughs> just like I swear to God, he probably did the whole thing with his eyes closed. <laughs> he was just hammering them out and super monotone. So Roy Kent. It was so good. What's the chant from Ted Lasso about Roy uh, Kent? I don't know. All I know is it goes Roy Kent. Roy Kent. He's there. He's there. He's every that's pretty solid but yeah <laughs> totally yeah and we walked around some huge parks it was super dry that's one thing i didn't expect about london because of the crazy heat wave that they were having yeah everything, everything was brown. brown yeah we've uh we've been spending a lot of time together as you might be able to tell by now we start to we used to finish each other's sentences now we just fucking bowl through it we just both talk the exact same words <laughs> at the exact same time <laughs> like, slowly merging into one human the other night just was having a conversation with somebody i came out i just caught the back end of it and sat down and repeated everything jess had just said while i was not there <laughs> so embarrassing um one interesting fact about uh, our travel in london is so did we cover the fuck coffee shop yeah we covered fuck coffee did we cover fuck coffee i'm pretty sure we covered fuck coffee i don't think we did Okay, well, anyways, if we didn't cover for coffee, it's this really awesome shop. It um, was, like, kind of beneath us in Bethnal Green. Yeah, it was just, like, a block away. Super, super close. Great coffee and uh, penis-shaped things all over the place. Yeah, it was pretty irreverent. It was, like, the most offensive, most offensive place. Which is just perfect for Bethnal Green. And Chris got himself a little fuck Putin bracelet there. Yeah, it's like a live strong bracelet, but instead of live strong, it says fuck Putin, which makes me really happy. Yeah. They also had a fuck Boris, but, you know, we're not we're not too much yeah. into those politics, so can't really wear that with pride. But now, like, witnessing how conservative England is, which is really unexpected to me, like, their views on things like same-sex marriage and stuff, just generally, England is a lot more conservative than I expected. Mm. And if Boris is a conservative guy too, then maybe I, I should get a little fuck Boris bracelet to keep my fuck Putin bracelet company. <laughs> and they can fuck each other on my wrist forever. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the street that that was on was like pretty gritty. It was almost, I, I don't know. I think it's like a bit of a, I mean, well, we know it's a bit of a poor part of town, but like mm. there was like street vendors just set up 
just in the town. Like, it wasn't even a special place or anything. It was, like, hawking clothes and sunglasses and, and shoes and bags. phone chargers and, like, you name it. Mattresses. Mattresses, yeah. We, like, we tried to get some laundry done. It was going to be, like, 12 pounds to do laundry. And we were just like, we'll be okay for now. Yeah, you can wash your shirts in the sink. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, let's save that money. And we uh, met up with Justice friend Jenny and her partner Alex, who came to our wedding in Vancouver. So it was nice to be able to meet up with them again. Yeah, in, we did an escape room in, and we fucking crushed it. Yeah, we did get some hints. One, I wanted, We got three. I want to do an escape room at some point without any hints. but That's impossible. It's almost like that's putting a lot of faith in the people who construct the escape rooms. Yeah. Like to make things, you know, the right degree of intuitive yeah. and not just be like, what if they were thinking something weird? that most people just wouldn't think. That doesn't make you a bad puzzle solver, does it? No. You gotta be like an octopus opening a Coke bottle and just like fill the room and try all angles until something changes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like an octopus. Uh, <laughs> it was a really cool experience though. The escape room was sweet. We got pictures of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard to travel around though, like in London. Cause it, I don't know, it would like rain and then it'd get cold and then it'd get hot and all that kind of stuff, so had a lot of stuff in my fanny. Yeah. Jess had her fanny packed full of miscellaneous items the whole time. Yeah. And she was lugging it around. I was like, sometimes I would I would take her fanny off her hands and I would carry it for a while. But it was nice to have because we did a lot of long walking trips. Yeah. And, and um, so if I was like, hey, like, do you have the reusable shopping bag? And she'd be like, yeah, it's tucked in my fanny. Let me get it for you. Yeah. Or, like, sometimes we need a Sharpie to mark something, and I'd be yeah. like, can you and grab I, me a... And I'd be like, it's in my fanny. Just give me one sec. Can you grab me a Sharpie out of your fanny? Just gotta dig it out. Yeah. <laughs> it was jam-packed. Like, her fanny was bursting. The... I felt like it was gonna break open sometimes. It was pretty heavy, I think, at points. And also, like, it's really hot. <laughs> yeah, it's not very... It's not a very breathable fanny, but I could tuck a lot of stuff into my fanny. <laughs> yeah. Allergy medicine. Got it. Sharpie. Got it. Gum, got it. Kleenex for my allergies, yeah, got just, it. Just Battery, in got and out it. Of, in and out of her fanny all day long. Yeah, and I now know the fanny, my fanny so well that I can like stuff things in certain parts. It has a lot of folds. Yeah, and nooks and, and crannies. Yeah, tons. And so now that I know it so well, I can literally just like dig in there and know exactly where I need to put my hand to find the thing that I want to find. <laughs> it's a good fanny pack. <laughs> Nice. So that was pretty much our stay in Bethnal Green. We went to we went to the Iceland grocery chain, which is like no frills, like the cheapest cheap cheap grocery chain, and got this dinner that sustained us for a couple of days because we were trying to save money. And oh pounds. yeah, it's like a pre-packed salad and a frozen meat pie. The meat pie was off the charts. It was so good. I couldn't believe how good that meat pie was for like a frozen store-bought meat pie. It was yeah. crazy good. It did say like luxury, like mm. luxury meat pie. It on was it. A, it was a luxury two-pound meat pie. <laughs> Sorry, one pound meat pie because it was it two was, in a pack. It was so good. So mom was coming. We were booked there for four days in Bethnal Green. And with my mom coming, I was like, we can't stay in this little, like, attic apartment. We looked online. We canceled the last two days of our Airbnb, moved over to Kensington, which was, like, near the palace and on the west side of town, which is quite quite nice. We moved into an apart hotel. So we took the tube across town to Kensington. And then I had to go get my mom from the airport while Jess was checking in and wandering around the park, I guess. It's a big-ass park, what's it called? It's near Notting Hill, so, like, Hugh Grant, we're fancy. 
You know, I fully expected my mom to be like, oh, Notting Hill, but she didn't seem to care at all. Your mom actually didn't seem to care at all about London. Yeah, it's Hyde Park, Kensington Gardens. Yeah. Yeah, she really didn't seem to care at all about London, which is interesting because she identifies as being part British. But, yeah, she was really part of her English roots. But because she had already done the 23andMe stuff and she knew that the family was from Liverpool, she wasn't super excited about London. Mm. Yeah, I expected more. I, I did too. I thought she was going to just like go gung-ho, like Buckingham Palace, the royal family, and then nothing. Yeah. Yeah, we got to Buckingham Palace. Like She was, she was like, yeah, we can go there. And then once we got there, she was like, this is kind of creepy. And I was like, yeah, it's got super major creepy vibes. It really did. Like, it's a human zoo. I don't want to be one of the people standing at the gates, like, peering in, being like, show yourself. Yeah, it really felt like <laughs> the people inside were, like, locked inside. And the people on the outside were, like, wild animals, like, pawing at the fence. I don't even know if they're actually in there. Maybe. Probably not. They probably yeah. live somewhere else. Like, who would want to live in there surrounded by a bunch of... Uh, like tourists, just the, like at the all great hours? Unwashed. What do they call them in England? Plebs. Surrounded by a bunch of plebs pawing at the fence trying to get it. It, was, it would be <laughs> like... Great Unwashed. It would be like living inside a giant shark cage where it's just like you're in this contained box and you're safe, but they're trying, you know? <laughs> but anyway, when I went to go get my mom while Jess was checking in, I took the tube all the way across town to the airport, failed to coordinate with my mom to be like, I will meet you at this gate at this time. We didn't do any of that. I was just like, oh, she'll probably wait for me at the airport or I'll be there when she gets out of her flight. But then, of course, because I was taking the tube across town, it was late and I started fucking panicking. Mm. And I'm like running. Literally, I so my train was like 15 minutes late and I was only going to get there like 15 minutes early. And I saw that her flight had landed early, like 15 minutes early. So now I felt like I was a half hour behind and she's just like landing in London, you know, jet lagged from Canada, tired, didn't know what the fuck's going on. And I, so I was freaking out. And as soon as I got off the train, I bolted like through the sea of people down to, I haven't even told you this, Jess. I bolted down to the, like the express train to London. yeah, yeah. yeah. I bolted over to that platform, scanning every single face that I run by, like the Terminator, and I don't see her, and I'm like, okay, well, because I started with, like, the furthest distance from the gate, like, yeah. just in case she had gotten all the way to the express train to London. Sure. So I didn't see her on the tube platform. I didn't see her on the express train to London. So I'm running all the way back up to arrivals, still scanning every single face, like RoboCop, threat, no threat, and <laughs> up the escalators. Every time there was, like, a fork, in the pathway, I had to check both, like mm. just in case she had walked down that one. And I'm doing this at hyper speed, like triple speed, just because I didn't want to miss her. And I get to the top and I start seeing people with like Lululemon gear. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, her plane must, like her plane <laughs> must be here, but like not too late. Canada, Canada. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was. Canada detected. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was, I was worried because by this point it had taken me like 20 minutes to check all this stuff. And so I got to the arrivals kind of like shoot where they pump people out and there were still people coming out with masks on mm. and I knew that Air Canada would make people wear masks because nobody else in England, nobody else in Europe, Europe. Let, let alone England would make you wear masks, even on planes, which was a bit surprising. But I was like, fuck. Except like, for Italy. Italy. Yeah, in Italy a little Italy bit. On trains, like, on, on public transit. Yeah, public yeah. transit. But I'm like texting her, hitting her on WhatsApp, no response. I'm like, I hope she knows to turn on her Wi-Fi at the airport. <laughs> like, I was losing it. So I'm like, all I can do is wait in front of this arrivals gate and hope that she took way longer than I expect to yeah. get through the airport. By this time, her plane 
had apparently landed like 45 minutes previous mm. and I was just standing there and I was like I don't know what to do like I guess she has the address to our apartment and in Bethnal Green well I'd sent her the one for the apart hotels but she didn't look because I asked no, her she later didn't, yeah she didn't look I asked her later I was like oh I was worried that you had gone to the address that I gave you and she's like oh the one over in East London and I was like fuck thank god you didn't do that but yeah eventually I found her and she was so cute she was so like just beat completely deflated from this like over Atlantic flight and it was like a little view back in time to when we had first landed in mm. Europe and then we're we're taking the tube back and we're it's like central line that goes through town and then we had to change a couple and we got on one and there was just this like ripe atmosphere inside of it like it was thick like the tube smells and in in the summer in London like the tube is hot it's all underground but with so many bodies it was hot like you would just walk onto it and break a sweat and this time it had this additional like funk in the air and we go sit down and I'm like man this is obnoxious like the train smells sometimes but something's wrong and we looked across the way and there was this like old man like I don't know in his 50s like sleeping sitting across from us and sleeping and I was like for sure it's that guy I think he shit his pants I was like mom I think that guy shit his pants you know the train was already moving at this point she was tired I wasn't going to make her move while the train was in motion but I was like we need to at the next stop like let's let's move down to another car I like kept looking at this guy because this smell was funky. I was like, I think that guy's dead. <laughs> like full on, this dude was just, his head was nodded so far forward that his chin was like on his chest and his hands were clasped and he was just like sitting there with his eyes closed and his head down. I was like, I am 99% sure that that guy's just dead riding the tube around. Then she, for her, had just gotten to England. And, like this was her first experience of London. Like, oh yeah, there's a dead guy on the tube. Like that's normal. <laughs> It was so rough. It was so bad. The smell was so bad. It was like roadkill. We're missing the laugh track because now that we're recording this after the fact, Jess has already heard these stories, so they don't have the same shock value. So I might have to retroactively add a laugh track there, like from Seinfeld or something. <laughs> so we get back to our Kensington apartment, and it's not terrible like it's a studio you know two beds in one room kind of deal but it had like a decent shower and whatnot the air conditioning didn't work unfortunately um there were two fans in the room so we had pointed one at each bed yeah so we had some airflow cycling through Mm -hmm. and so we go to bed ready to have a big day the next day and in the middle of the night hear like this tapping yeah just like silent like persistent tapping for a long like it's the kind of tapping where you hear it in your sleep and you continue to sleep but eventually you realize it's happening in real life and you start to like stir yeah what the fuck how long has this been happening for and then it turned into this like aggressive banging on the door yeah so we heard this aggressive banging on the door and then all of a sudden like it got accompanied with hey hey (laughs) Let me in. <laughs> it just got creepier and creepier. And I don't know. This guy was out there. It felt like for what seemed like 15 minutes or something. And just kept on like changing between like tapping, aggressive banging, and just being like, let me in. Like, mate, I'm here. Let me in. And of course, with an English accent, you can't really do it. And, uh, and so it got more and more i guess like persistent persistent. insistent yeah insistent so like the time in between the taps 
him speaking and the loud banging started to merge together. He was getting a little bit ornery and about it. This was at like three in the morning. Yeah, so clearly clearly dude was shit faced coming home from the bar or whatever. We'd yeah. seen some kids like all dolled up getting ready to go out earlier in the night. Yeah. And it was maybe Friday night or something. Saturday night. Saturday night. Yeah. So like you could tell there was a bit of a bit of a booze culture going on. Yeah, exactly. And so I jumped out of bed. I don't know why, but three AM very, very like sleepy stupor me immediately because we had been traveling in so many different countries with different languages i was like i need to speak this guy's language so i went up to the door didn't open it and i just said you're in the wrong room mate and chris's mom sleepy again at 3 a.m i hear her in the corner just being like we don't have a roommate (laughs) and then he heard the voice And I thought that everything was going to be okay. He would understand because I spoke his language. (laughs) And and I went back to bed, crawled in beside Chris, thought it was okay. It was silent for like 20 seconds. And then you hear... Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. (laughs) Bang, 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 bang. He's like, hey, let me in. Let me in. And I fucking lost it. Just as my mom was like, Chris, go go do something. Yeah. Jess was up like a shot. Yeah. I jumped up, ran to the door, opened it. What did he look like? So he was was a little bit shorter than me. He was like, you know, like he looked like he was fit, but, you know, small, brown hair. Just like a lad. Yeah, yeah, but like he looked like one of those like construction guys. He had like like Carhartts on or whatever and uh, sunglasses on his head. And he looked at me and I was kind of looking down at him on an angle. (laughs) And I looked at him and I was like, You've got the wrong fucking room. Fuck off. It was, it was so, it was maybe even more aggressive than that. Yeah, it was, it was much more aggressive than that. I I just can't channel that right now because it wasn't 3 a.m. angry me. (laughs) Imagine having a door open and it's just this angry looking, squinty, super sleepy looking Asian girl just so viscerally angry at you fucking losing it in your yeah. in your face in your face and i slammed it slammed the door on him and he was just like you could just hear him just be like ah shit sorry yeah. and just like you could just hear him like slowly walk away just like contemplating his life yeah that was uh that was a lot yeah and then that evening we'd gone around kensington gardens and we looked at like the princess diana park and yeah stuff. it was that evening yeah. and then the next day we did the uber boat ride again we checked yeah. out the sites with my mom again mm-hmm. she was it it was interesting we'd seen it before but yeah she was really excited to see tower london or uh, tower bridge so. yeah which she thought was london bridge at, yeah as you do as you do um as we did as well mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i just remember it being a fucking hot day and like we did a lot of walking around we went back to borough market yeah which was which was honestly a pretty good experience. Oh, like, man. It was better than the first time we went with Han and Ray because we weren't hungover. And we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to get. But yeah. this time I got the four mushroom spelt risotto and it was so good. This time oh. this time when Jess walked past the risotto, we stopped. Yeah, it it I, wasn't like, no, oh, no, let's no. find this later. It was like, we're yeah. fucking doing this. Yeah, I will not be lost again like last <laughs> time. I, I need to eat this. I'll never leave you. Yeah, it was so good. It was so worth it. And then uh, Chris had some ginger pig again, mm. same same place as last time. The old sausage roll. Yep. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Pretty fucking bomb. Oh, and then we also had a sausage, a uh, lamb, a lamb one. Pasty. Yeah, lamb pasty. Your mom and I split that. 
amazing. The meat pies are definitely the best food in England. Like the pasties, the stews, the meat pies. Mrs. Lovett's meat pies? Everything. The Iceland meat pies, the, the whole <laughs> thing. I could go for some of those right now, honestly. Maybe after breakfast. But mm. And mom really enjoyed Borough Market, too. We mm. did we did a lot of tubing around. We went back to Camden Market and did mom end up getting those leather sandals made for her or she yeah it was like this yeah. little shop on camden street yeah it was uh, actually really where cool was a, this guy was like a leather worker and he would just like make sandals on the fly but he also had a limited inventory yeah but it was like fully leather like the whole sandal was leather there was no part of it that wasn't really it was a lot though like 80 pounds i think something like that 70 pounds for mm, sandals i thought it was no it was 115 dollars was 115 dollars i think so Okay. Okay. Um, which is a lot. I mean, I know that they're real leather, but I don't think they took much to make. But it was really nice. Your mom found her little hemp bag, which is what she wanted. She wanted a little side bag, so she got that. And she wanted sandals, and she got that. So we just basically just helped her take some items off the list right away. And she's very happy for the rest of the trip. And then we caught, uh, I decided to take the scenic route and jump on the, the top of a double-decker bus to get back to Kensington. Oh my gosh, so hot. And it ended up, it's like, it's, there's no AC in the top of those buses. And in the summer, it was like stinking hot. And my poor mom, who's still super jet-lagged, like she was getting like literally ill. Like She was like <laughs> yeah, in a blackout. Was, yeah, she was like dizzy and she because of the heat, she was like slowly passing out from time to time. <laughs> there happened to be a newspaper sitting beside me and I was reading about... The, like the super racist cops in London, which was surprising to me. How about how these four dudes had like a text chat with that one cop that kidnapped somebody and kept her in his basement? I don't remember. I don't remember the name of that cop, but it was crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, there was a shitload of racism. I was like, I didn't know that about London or about England in general. It was very diverse actually compared to France. Like England was London was it was very. Eclectic. I mean, it's a it's an international city. Yeah, it was super international, but. Yeah, clearly it's got its issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one cop was quoted as being like, in this one part of town, it's all Nigerians. It felt like a spot on a domino. So that was London. Um, and then we took the train to Liverpool, which was also a shit show because we didn't know that there was a Liverpool train line strike. So apparently there were no trains to Liverpool. So we had to improvise yeah we got up super early i remember we had to get up super fucking early to catch this train because the train left at nine or something nine thirty. we had to board and we get there with enough time for me to get a coffee like we finally go to the platform get our ticket scanned and the dude's like this train's not going to liverpool and i was like oh don't worry i know we've got a transfer and he's like okay as long as you know where you're going i'm like haha what an idiot of course i know where i'm going we get on the train <laughs> we go as far as birmingham where we we're supposed to transfer we get out there and we're looking for our next train and we can't find it. We asked somebody who worked for the train line, like, hey, where's this train? And they were like, oh, we're on strike today. Like that, that whole train line's on strike today. There's no train to, there's no train to Liverpool from here. Yeah, and the guy who I was talking to, he was just like, we've got a train to crew, but you know, from there to Liverpool, I don't know how you're gonna get there. So yeah, you know, you could try that. <laughs> and we were like, all right. And then Chris went on a little adventure to figure yeah, shit out. Yeah, I went to the ticket desk for a different train line. Um, well, it was like the train station ticket desk, but only the other train line was there because they weren't on fucking strike. And I had to go back and forth. And she felt so bad. She's like, yeah, you're you're fucked. Like, I can't help you. <laughs> uh, 
you might need to get a new ticket. And I was like, fuck. It was going to be 30 pounds a piece to go from Birmingham to Liverpool. And the original tickets were only like 20 pounds a piece. You know, each one then is 45 Canadian dollars if they're 30 pounds each. And it was a, a huge pain in the dick. But I kind of realized at that point that if our whole train line was on strike, we probably shouldn't even have got to Birmingham. I think we got on the wrong train. Like, we got on a train for a different train company. Nobody checked our tickets. Yeah, we were stowaways. <laughs> yeah, we were totally <laughs> stowaways. Just like Mr. Magoo in it around England. With this all works. Dumb luck. Yeah, just hop onto a train and yeah. just go to where you're going. And But I guess it kind of got sorted out. So I, I paid the money. Turned out there was a, a train leaving with an additional transfer like t- in like 10 minutes so i went back to mama jazz was just like hey we got a train we gotta go and i we ended gotta up run now i ended up getting that the money for the original ticket refunded so we didn't lose too much but it was uh it's a bit of a grueling experience like yeah. travel days are always so shit anyway because you have to get up early in the morning you're lugging your shit around you're packing you're tired and then when something goes wrong it just feels like it takes so long to sort it out you're so stressed because like what if you don't make it to your destination yeah and uh, I was happy when we got it sorted out and we got to Liverpool. What's funny is, like, we had experienced no, like, no problems traveling together. But the moment your mom gets here... Everything like, goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. Yeah, I think it was the same, actually. I think we did experience little problems. It's just that they didn't bother us because we weren't we weren't embarrassed about it or we didn't feel responsible for anybody else so it was yeah. like when problems happened we didn't really register like it wasn't a big deal because we were like oh worst case we'll just crash wherever and figure it out tomorrow like i can't think of a, a single a single time when we had trouble yeah nothing really bad has happened i guess yeah. we just figure it out yeah but <laughs> it's super funny to me that all of the trains in the uk were on strike like and we saw this in france too the train workers were complaining because the italian trains were coming up like their faster and more efficient trains were coming up into Europe and starting to like drive prices down and provide better service. So all the local rail workers and the unions were like, well, we're going to go on strike then because this is unfair. We want more money and we don't want we don't want these other trains in our cu- country. And like now I know why, because UK trains are bullshit. We've yeah. been all over Europe now by train and the UK is by far the jankiest, shittiest, oldest crappiest suckiest trains <laughs> in the whole place and i'm like yeah. yeah if i was you i'd be afraid for my fucking job too because you guys suck and somebody's coming in who actually like is a professional and you should be scared but you it's, sh- it's actually funny because even though the buses and stuff weren't reliable in italy in any place that we've been in spain in france in italy whenever there's like a Tran italia train like we're just like ah oh. like it'll have ac it'll yeah. have lots of room like, assigned seats yeah and like it'll, it'll be just dependable be yeah exactly <laughs> <So>. yeah on <laughs> time like a train should fucking be <laughs> and ironically i think all these people going on strike is like hurting the image of the local trains and yeah. making people go to the italian train as an alternative it's like yeah. hey, well i still have to get where i'm going so if you're on strike i'm just gonna go somewhere else p.s yeah. now i hate you so in, enjoy the next five years of your dwindling fucking life, UK train workers. I hope you have a retirement plan. It's actually funny that you're saying P.S. Now I hate you because it's it's like the sequel to P.S. I love you, which <laughs> takes place in Scotland. Yeah. Chris and Jess do it. P.S. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. So, but we did end up making it to Liverpool, which was a it was a much smaller town and it was all red bricks. It, it felt like I would learn Ireland does. Um, and it turns out there was a lot of immigration 
a lot of Irish immigration to Liverpool as like an entry point for England. So that kind of made sense. Also made sense why our family lineage kind of went through Liverpool because turns out that I'm way more Irish than I thought. Way more Scottish. I'm w- and, and even more Scottish than I thought mm-hmm. because a lot of the Irish folk came from Scotland actually, especially mm-hmm. in North Ireland. Liverpool was honestly like, it was kind of cold. Like, the people there just felt cold. The, yeah. The streets were pretty bare, and people weren't as welcoming. Even not as welcoming as in London, honestly, which was surprising because London didn't feel that warm. Yeah, I felt like I had a bit of a racist encounter. In Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah, because there was also a bus strike in fucking Liverpool. Yeah, so there was only <laughs> one bus that we could take. So Chris basically spent the entire day that we had, like, a full day in Liverpool with Chris's mom, with Leanne. Um, graveyard hunting for, oh, yeah. you know, their Anc- ancestors. Ancestral headstones from, yeah. like, the 17 or 1800s. Exactly. Whatever. And I was just chilling at, at the place, just, like, you know, taking a bath, doing some laundry, doing the budgeting, just, like, chilling out, letting them do their own thing. And we agreed to meet up for Sunday Roast in Liverpool, like, in the town. So when we had planned to do, you know, Sunday Roast at 6, I was like, that's no problem. Chris thankfully scoped out that... We We found one train or one sorry bus line that was running. Yeah, it it was very limited. My mom and I had been waiting for like two hours to catch a city bus that didn't come. We walked to another bus stop and there was a guy there who thankfully told us that they were on strike, but that there was another train or another bus we could take if we walked up. So I texted Jess and was like, hey, just so you know, before you leave, don't try to catch this bus. Catch this one up here. So I looked it up and it said that the buses were running once every like 32 minutes. So in order for me to be able to, you know, walk to the bus stop, take the bus, and then walk to the place that we were going to meet up for dinner, I needed to, like, get on the bus at, like, 5.05. So I got out there real early, like, at around, like, 4.55, stood there, you know, waited, played some games on my phone, and then I saw the bus coming, and it was actually going kind of fast, and so I, like, waved at him to let him know, like, hey, like, I'm available to take the bus, like, please stop here. And the bus driver slowed down a little bit, sort of, like, did that swervy thing, like, where he looks like he's about to park. And, like, I literally saw him look me up and down and then just kept on driving. And I was like, what the fuck? And he just, you know, like, pulled away from the curb and just, like, kept on driving onto the road. And so I called Chris immediately after that. I was like, bus driver didn't let me on. Um, I don't know what to do. And he was just like, well, like, you know, if you have to take an Uber. And so I was like, well, it's really expensive, except especially yeah. just for one person. It's like 10 pound. We um, hadn't been Ubering anywhere. This was like where we broke the Uber seal. Yeah, Because exactly. we've been doing really well with just taking, just taking like, public transit, transit yeah. and roughing it. Yeah. And this was the beginning of our creeping up, our, the inflation of our expenses over yeah. our time in the UK. Yeah. And so... I was just like, you know what, like, I don't want to take an Uber. Let me just check when the next bus is. And it said it would come at 536 or something like that. And so I was like, okay, you know what, I'll just get on that. It looks like that I'll probably about be about 10 to 15 minutes late, but you can order for me and I'll just meet you there. At the, the Blackburn at the, Arms gastropub, yeah, shout out. Yeah. So I wait at the bus stop and I see another bus number 14 I wave it down this guy actually stops so I'm like thank fucking Christ I get onto the bus and I don't have exact change but I have change and he looks at me and he's just like I don't have change I need you to get a step off the bus and I was like like can't I give you more (laughs) to like take the bus don't give me change just take this five like won't you just just 
like yeah. yeah and it was one euro 90 and i or one pound 90 and i gave him two pounds like just the two pound coin and he's like i don't have change i need you to step off the bus seriously you even give him a coin yeah it was a two pound coin when it says bus drivers don't give change i didn't know that it was exact change only i thought it was just that they would round up yeah i know i thought so too Man, and i was like that's I was cold like, i was like it's 10 pence like just keep it i don't know and so he was just like, no, I need you to step off the bus. So 10p. I got, or 10p. 10p. We're British now. Sorry. It and, was just 10p. <laughs> and so, yeah. And I was like, this is kind of fucked. But I got off and I was like, it's already 5 fucking 30. I can't catch the next bus. And who knows, like, if it's the other guy doing this Dude, second It's going to be the same guy again. Yeah. And so I was like, fuck this. So then I called Chris and I was like, I'm sorry. I really do have to take an Uber. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to make it because it's like an hour and 20 minute walk into town from where we were. So took an Uber, um, got there, was kind of flustered. But Chris got me a beer, got me some lamb Sunday roast. Yeah, they had it lamb roast, which delicious. is something that I'm not used to for Sunday roast. Yeah. And it made it made life better. Yeah. Sunday roast was so good. It was so good. Mom got a cider. I yep. got wheat beer. Yeah, they Jim, had a wheat, wheat beer. beer. And another thing is, like, my family grew up making Sunday roast, and my sister and my mom, like, passed down from my grandparents this amazing recipe for Yorkshire pudding, which is just like a fluffy, quick bread for anybody who, who's not familiar with Yorkshire pudding that you pour gravy on. And we were waiting with bated breath to see if like the authentic English Yorkshire pudding was better than our family one. Mm. And I had to like text my sister and let her know. She was so anxious to find out. Like, so was it, was it better than mine? Like, no, don't worry. Your, your position in the world is, is secure. Although I do feel like classic Yorkshire puddings, like whenever I look at it, it's always like quite like brown blackened on the top. It's quite hard the way they make it. Yeah. And like there's, and it's got quite like a, a hole in it you know and the way that your mom and your sister make it it's still like golden brown super fluffy Very like fluffy. lots of meat to it i guess and like yeah I, I think that that's why like there's just like more substance to the ones that your family makes and then the ones here are basically just like cups for gravy i still think that you can like a person could make a business out of making my sister's yorkshire puddings in hot dog stand style and just like mm. pumping them out with yeah, like yeah, amazing with, like, fresh gravy yeah, and like, like a little yeah. kind of, like roast beef or whatever yeah, yeah totally and yeah. like serving it in like a cone or something so you can just eat it with your hands like nice, they, nice, nice. like the taco in a bag or whatever that they do i think honestly Spice bag no that's that's ireland sorry i think honestly that could take off it's so good and because yorkshire puddings are really hard to make but if you yeah. get if you could like automate it like set up your oven so that it automatically does the right temperatures mm. at the right times so yeah you could crush it yeah you just need a double oven and you're good there you go that that's how i made my millions yorkshire pudding hot dog stands <laughs> franchised across the world we'll be like kebab stands we'll go to like indonesia and have yorkshire pudding stands it'll be so it'll be so exotic like white exotic yeah i love it White exotic. Have you is... tried this ethnic white food? <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> like, why could that not be a thing? It should be. White exotic is a thing that I wrapped my head around when I was in where it was in England, like blood yeah. pudding. I'm like, that's too white exotic for me. Like, it's it's out there, but in a white way, which is like a weird thing to consider. Yeah, it's too white. Too white. Like haggis is white exotic. Like, I don't yeah. eat I don't eat white exotic foods. Yeah. I don't eat pickled herrings. I just eat like like seared halibut. That's. <laughs> I don't, I don't want any of this, like, ethnic white food. That's fine. But 
We did have some wet exotic that was delicious. What sticky, was that? Sticky toffee pudding. Oh yeah, with after the Sunday roast. Oh man, that sticky toffee pudding was unfucking real. Yeah, we've the had best, it. The best I've ever had. We've had it a few times since, hoping for the same experience and just chasing no. the dragon. And it's just it's never it's never the same after that first time. Yeah. I would after s- your first, it's never the same. I would suck a dick to go back and eat that same sticky toffee pudding for the first time again. Fortunately, <laughs> that's literally impossible. <laughs> So we're never going to have to cross that bridge. But <laughs> if I had known, if I had known. You'd suck a dick? I would have. I, <laughs> I, I would now have. It's like, that's a fourth dimensional tense. Mm. I would now have sucked a dick yeah. had I but known. I think I think this is a good cutoff. It's a good cutoff for Liverpool. I think it's a good cutoff for part one. Yeah, so we already did so much. We've got way more, honestly, way more to cover. So we're gonna split this for your, for your morning, morning getting ready for work or morning drive to work ritual. We're gonna cut this up, chop it into a few spots. Yeah, because it's like we've been talking now. We're I don't know what it'll be after editing, but we've been talking for like forty minutes. Yeah, and we've only covered England, which is not to make. I feel bad now. Whoever's listening is gonna be like, oh my god, I still have to listen to these people talk through three more countries. <laughs> But yeah, so we'll cut it here, and then uh, we'll continue on. Yeah. So that was our England experience between London and Liverpool, and uh, the beginning of our time with my mom. It was uh, it's quite a thing. So yeah, quite, 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 quite. quite. You're right. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye. Yeah. Uh, Riva <laughs>